Have you wondered about living elsewhere after you retire? Well, we have, almost daily. As you know, it's not an overnight decision. Hi, this is Gil and Jean of Retire There, a podcast about places to consider living in during your retirement. We started this show for selfish reasons, because we will be retiring in the next few years, but we're not sure where. Then a light bulb went off in Jean's head. What are others doing? With so many baby boomers retiring, there must be many relocating. So we decided, let's connect with them and pick their brains. But first, a little background. I'm Asian, born in Brazil, and grew up in Flatbush, Brooklyn. I'm an engineer turned attorney and practicing higher ed law at a college who loves working with students, faculty, and staff. I am not Asian. Born and raised in Long Island, New York, a place I always wanted to leave. I am a law librarian working in a court who loves his job. We've lived in Bay Ridge, Brooklyn, New York for many years and have been thinking about our future home. So we'll be speaking to folks from around the country and now around the world who have moved to venues of their dreams and more. And we will share their stories and we will share their intimate secrets. No. I'm just kidding, Jean. But we will provide information that you may not find anywhere else. So stay tuned. Hola. Today we chat with Margaret Nash, who retired to San Miguel de Allende, which is in central Mexico. Travel and Leisure magazine described it best that the city was, quote, transformed from a sleepy and slightly down at the heels colonial hill town without a traffic signal <laughs> into a fiesta crazy magnet for international gastronomes. This small town, located about 150 miles north of Mexico City, was named for both the monk who founded it, Juan de San Miguel, and General Ignacio Allende, a hero in Mexico's War of Independence. Thanks in part to its colonial Spanish architecture, San Miguel is a UNESCO World Heritage Site and a magnet for weekenders and expats. Visitors enjoying walking alongside the quaint cobblestone streets, browsing the shops for artisanal crafts, hot springs, horses, balloon rides, organic restaurants, and inventive chefs working in all types of cuisines. So this sounds really, really magical. Yeah. So let's introduce our guest, Margaret. Margaret Nash was born in Georgia and raised in Mobile, Alabama. She attended Agnes Scott College in Atlanta, Georgia, and earned a BA in religion and philosophy. She moved to England after graduation, lived in Scotland, worked in real estate, performed business training all over Europe, life coaching, and hypnotherapy. Now semi-retired, she's still working as a life coach, writer, and seminar leader. In fact, much of her life coaching focuses on retirement. Margaret is interested in all things esoteric, personal development, and travel. She's passionate about her work and her dogs, visiting England twice a year and Mobile, Alabama annually. Margaret has been married twice, first to an Englishman and then to a Mexican. She lived in the UK for several decades and her children are in London. After Great Britain, she moved back to the States to Houston, Texas, with her second husband, Luis. But after several years, they decided to relocate to San Miguel. Margaret has also authored six books in a short amount of time. It's amazing. 
The most recent was published in March 2021, titled Renegade Coach's Guide to Business Success Formula Hidden in Ancient Writings. Wow. Two of her books are related to retirement. They are Rebellious Aging, a self-help guide for the old hippie at heart. (laughs) Is that you? (laughs) And Retirement Rebel, How to Get Your Life to Work When You Don't Have to. Nice. I think I need some of that. And by the way, I I checked Margaret's site and uh, I can't do the hypnotherapy because she only does that in person. Margaret, I need it. Well, you've done it before, Gil. I have, but it was so long ago. And I'm such a control freak that I don't know that I could ever be hypnotized. Okay. So Luis Salvador was born in Chihuahua, Mexico. He attained a chemical engineering degree in Mexico City. He studied to be an astrologer. These two are so alike. They're so open-minded and, and, and they're willing to do anything and everything. He got a philosophy degree in Ontario. He became licensed as a naturopath. At some point, he got into meditation, yoga, and built a meditation center. Now, he's retired, but he's still very involved in the meditation center, which apparently is steps from their home. Um, Louise was busy and unable to join us today. So Margaret, we are so excited to have you join our podcast. San Miguel sounds truly a wondrous place. Tell us how you and Louise chose San Miguel. Well, hello, and I'm happy to be here with you. Um, San Miguel, we don't call it San Miguel, by the way. San, San Miguel. Oh, sorry. Little, I took a little Spanish. correction there. <laughs> okay, okay, okay. <laughs> the Americans here don't call it San Miguel. Ah, there we go. <laughs> Maybe it should be. Um, where was I? San Miguel. It is, it's fabulous. It's, it's everything you said um, in the introduction and more. Um, it's just a little magical jewel in the central highlands of Mexico. Um, it's a, you know, not a very well-kept secret, but it's, um, it's very popular. There's over 10,000, 12,000, um, expats here, mostly Americans, but a lot of Canadians and uh, Europeans as well. Yeah. So how did you guys choose? How did we choose San Miguel? Um, well, Luis is Mexican and, um, he lived near here. Um, he had a he had a yoga and um, naturopathy center in Querétaro, which is about forty five minutes away. Mm-hmm. Um, back many many years ago, last in the last century, <laughs> he knew about San Miguel because San Miguel is very very popular, even among Mexicans, not just foreigners, but Mexicans. It's just kind of got this mystique to it. I had a very specific set of criteria. Mm. for where I wanted to live. And um, so he knew, you know, he knew what I was after and he's pretty good at, at, uh, at fulfilling that. Um, And you were were right in Texas before, correct? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So, do so you go, moved- do we go there? Do we go there? <laughs> yeah. So you moved, moved to from Texas okay. from England, mm-hmm. beautiful England, mm-hmm. beautiful, <laughs> charming, <laughs> <laughs> green oh, oh. <laughs> England oh. I gave up everything there to move to Texas 
I thought I was very adjustable and flexible because I've lived, you know, I've lived all over. I've traveled all over. I thought, yeah, I can live in Texas. I grew up in Alabama. Hey, you know, (laughs) wouldn't be where I'd choose, but hey, let me give Houston a go. I'm sure I can make a go of it. Yeah. Uh, Famous last words. Um, Yeah, I was like, I think I was like a, I describe it as when I was in Houston, I was like a cat with my fur on end. (laughs) <laughs> oh my goodness does that does that kind of tell oh, you yeah that, I, you know I get, I, I, get, I get a picture like like this is not friendly to me okay, you know okay, okay. <laughs> so, did, did you live in the city or in the suburbs oh what does it matter i mean houston is all, <laughs> houston is all just a bunch of suburbs you know i yeah, mean yeah, yeah. okay there is a little bit in the middle that's kind of posh and upmarket but okay. mostly it's just suburbs oh Okay. Uh-huh. Okay. Oh, we got to take her out. Bad, bad she needs some hypo- hypnotherapy. Yeah. Wait, wait. So, but but you, but your criteria okay. was formulated there, right before you moved. Yes. Okay. Yes. So, tell it us about that. Indeed, it was indeed. Um, one of the thing. Well, do we? Uh, okay. I wanted a kind of alternative place. <laughs> yes. Got it. I said, okay. It's got to be. It's got to have old hippies in it. I call them because that's my kind of demographic. Mm. Um. It needs to have an alternative kind of society to it. Like Santa Fe. We looked at Santa Fe. We looked at Sedona. We looked at places like that, (laughs) Mm -hmm. Um, you know, and California. We liked those places, but we didn't quite have the motivation to move there just raw, you know, raw, Um, just just without knowing anyone or any particular reason to go other than that we quite liked it. Yeah. The woman we interviewed who went to Santa Fe, she seemed mm-hmm. to have the same criteria as you. Okay. Santa Fe is often compared to San Miguel. Ah. Very much so. Um, yeah. So I wanted an alternative community. I-, I wanted it to be artsy. Not that I can even hold a paintbrush, but I like those <laughs> kind of people. Right. Um, I needed it to have a lot of Americans and here we would get very politically incorrect, Uh but I knew I didn't speak Spanish and I knew that I didn't have 10 years to spend trying to learn it before I could have a conversation with somebody. I didn't want that. So I wanted, and I wanted to work straight away. So I wanted a big expat community, but I wanted them to be nice people that I liked. That's- yeah. So San Miguel being in the mountains, you um, you don't get the water set, I call them. The people who want to live near water, uh, like in Los Cabos or Puerto Vallarta or Cancun, those are really nice places, but you get different kinds of people going there, oh. um, living there. Yeah, you get, oh, golly, I'm going to get skewered for this no. <laughs> you, get, you get like the more of the cocktail set the fishing yes. types ah, the hunters okay okay got it the cocktail set um you do get that sort of person in san miguel but you also i mean this is what i recommend okay can we go here yeah yeah can we go here if you're going to want to retire somewhere this is what i recommend go to the places that appeal to you or go online 
if you can't go there personally. If you can go there personally, go there and kind of feel the vibe. The vibe is going to get you more than anything else. Um, so, you know, choose these places you like and, you know, that sound good. Go to them if you can. If you can go to them personally, go and go around the town, look around, see if you can see yourself sitting in the cafes, go inside and go to bulletin boards and pick up local stuff. Um, go online and see what people there do. And what I saw in San Miguel was okay. You want a Buddhist class? Okay, we get um, we got ten. You want to go you know, yoga <laughs> class? We got twenty. Art classes, Spanish classes, um, writers. Um, uh, there's a huge writers sala every year, and they invite very famous writers um, to come. There's a music festival every year. Uh, you know, all kinds of music. It's like, and there's organic restaurants. If you're into that kind of thing, look what type of restaurants they have. Mm. If it's all Longhorn Texan <laughs> beef, <laughs> got it, got it. May not be your place, you know. Right, or right. Me, you know, right. I love the bulletin boards idea. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Listen, this is my brilliant. Thing. This is my thing. If you can't go there personally, then go online because yes. you can get a lot from online things. Mm. Um, but I went online and researched San Miguel and. Um, I knew that had I had to be able to speak English there, and <laughs> San Miguel is good for that, you know. So um, mm-hmm. yeah, politically incorrect, okay. Go. We can go into the Spanish thing later if you want to, but mm-hmm. yeah. I know that one of your last questions is what is the biggest surprise? Yeah, do yeah. Want to go there? Of course we do. <laughs> sure, sure. Okay. You, you can do, do it now. You could tell us. Okay. Now. Biggest surprise, the biggest kind of revelation to me after I've been here now. 14 years, I guess it is. Yeah, 2000, 2006, wow. we moved here. Yeah, so that's that's 14 years. The biggest surprise for me was that I could not learn Spanish. And that's, well, let me tell you, I am not alone. You move somewhere in your 50s or your 60s, guess what? And you don't know the language, guess what? You think you can take a class and you're going to wow. learn it and pick it up? Yeah. I, I cannot tell you the number of people who come here and say, oh, my first thing is I'm going to sign up for a Spanish class and I'm going to do this and that and I'm going to learn the Spanish. You know, I'm only going to speak to Mexicans and I'm blah, blah, blah. <laughs> right. And right. I'm like, yeah, OK, let me talk to me in a talk to me in a year or so. <laughs> I just, oh, bring it on. Yeah. You know, right. Um, I went to classes. I had private tutors. I spent tons of money on online stuff. I did everything right. And six years later, I realized that I couldn't understand any more Spanish than the day I arrived. <laughs> I, I had a, now, I'm not stupid. I've got a degree. I've got a <laughs> postgraduate diploma. Um, I used to be a librarian. I'm a writer. Um, and so I thought, you know, I've kind of had a reasonably high um, opinion of my own intelligence and academic yeah. abilities. I was always a nerd, mm. love academic. Mm-hmm. I honestly could, I still, it's 
just a mystery to me. And um, I finally, after about, I think, seven years, I gave it seven or eight years. I finally said, you know what? Sod this. I'm, I'm not yeah, don't apologizing to anybody yeah. anymore. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I'm not saying, oh, I'm, oh, I've been trying to learn Spanish, <laughs> you know, like I'm doing now. Um, <laughs> yeah, I thought, you know what? Because when you, this is for expats, anybody who's moving somewhere foreign, mm-hmm. where the language is different. Learning the language and knowing it is like the biggest status symbol. Oh, if you're an expat ah. and you know how to speak. Oh boy, do they lord it over and they will judge you mm-hmm. till the end of time at about how how lazy you are that you haven't oh, to learn the language. And this is everywhere. This is not just here. Yeah. yeah. Um, you're you're lazy, you're um you should learn a language when you move to a country. And, you know, there's yeah, all this yeah. going on. And yes, and I, you know, and the ones that speak perfect Spanish, you know, are very, um, especially when you go out to lunch with them, they're very, you know, they'll get in a conversation with the waiters. So just to let you know that they, you know, it's that kind of thing going on. So I rebelled against that. You know, I'm uh, the retirement rebel. Right. You know, in my book, right. it's all about rebellion. And <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, I, I rebelled it. against that. I, I, t- I tell you, I, I totally get that because I have three degrees. I'm also, <laughs> I'm also a librarian, still a librarian. And oh my God, I, I just choked on my tea. Really? <laughs> yes, yes, yes. I, I, I go to, once in a while, I have to go to a class these days. Yeah. And I, I used to love school. Yeah, me too. But, but now I, I just can't sit through it anymore. <laughs> I just can't do it. Yeah. So I, I totally get what Welcome you're saying. Welcome to the modern world. Yeah, yeah. I, I totally get what you're saying. Yeah. And, yeah. and there's nothing to be ashamed of. Yeah. I just thought, well, I just thought, you know what? I've got other fish to fry. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And mm-hmm. I retired my tutor. And I think he was very happy not to have to come out <laughs> oh, to my house. <laughs> but you're also, you're lucky that you have Louise though. Oh, yeah. Really? Yeah. This is what everybody says. <laughs> oh, your husband. Oh, your husband's Mexican. You'll learn Spanish really quickly. No, not that you learn from him that he can, like, if you have to. No, I think it's a crime. Buy insurance inter- or something. He yeah. interprets. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, and, yeah, yeah. It, it actually is a is a handicap mm-hmm. if your partner speaks yeah. the language. Yeah, yeah, it's a, a crutch. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Because I have friends here who have had to learn it because they don't have anybody. You know, mm-hmm. even they that that doesn't even seem to make any difference. Uh, you either get it or you don't. Mm-hmm. I I don't know what it is. I think it's growing up in Alabama. There weren't foreign languages in Alabama when I was growing up. That didn't exist. Why would one learn a foreign language? It's like this <laughs> attitude. It's it's like this attitude in Texas. Yeah. Why would anyone live outside of Texas? Right. I, I, actually, <laughs> I actually heard that said. You know, oh, why I would you imagine. want to move out of Texas? You know. So this that was the kind of the atmosphere i grew up in mm-hmm. that you know a foreign language why why would why why yeah you yeah that? yeah you know, so no, I, th- I think it, it makes a lot of sense as a crush like we'll go to um we'll go to a chinese restaurant and i'm not educated in chinese but i can certainly carry a conversation you know kind of what i call the street language and if we go somewhere it just makes life that much easier and and i i can engage in a full conversation and ask for what I need. Right. Yeah, and, yeah. and they'll just, they'll just get it. And sometimes again, I think we get that special treatment. There's no doubt. Um, oh. So anyway, yeah. So that, that's great. So tell us um, what's, what's the weather like? That's oh. one thing I'm dying to hear. Oh. 
San Miguel weather is about as perfect as you can get. Mm-hmm. The it's elevation. about as perfect as you can get. It really is. It's just the sun shines almost every day. In fact, when it's a cloudy day and the sun doesn't shine, you almost welcome it because, mm-hmm. oh, it's cool today. You know? Oh, wow. <laughs> it does have a rainy season. Um, How long is the rainy season? It's not horrendously long. I think it's in the summer. I can't even remember. It varies. It's June, July, August kind of time. Okay. Um, And then the mosquitoes come, um, but they don't seem to be everywhere. We Mm -hmm. have them where we are because we're a little bit out of town. Mm -hmm. Um, But, you know, a lot of my friends don't, the mosquitoes don't bother them. Uh, They they don't have them. Um, But, you know, the sun shines. I lived in England for a long time, several decades. And I never, ever take for granted a day when the sun is shining mm-hmm. and I can sit outside, you know, um, yeah. <laughs> um, it's just, I mean, like today I've got my window wide open right now. I mean, my, my sliding doors sitting here, looking out on my garden, I've got on a, a oh, shirt, wow. you know, but I don't have a sweater. I don't, oh, it's just, there's a little breeze, the sun's shining, the skies are blue. Oh my God. Wow. The weather. So, the weather. <laughs> but would you say, would you say year round it's comfortable other than summer? Year round. Rain? Yeah. Year round. Um, yeah. People come here. The Canadians come down in the winter. Right. There's a lot of Canadians here and they come down and live here for six months in the winter. Ah. And then they go back home so that they can get their Medicare. I mean, their, yeah, their medical mm-hmm. right, um, right. Um, insurance. They have to live in Canada for six months. So they okay. kind of spend half the year here. It's very common to meet okay. Canadians. Okay. So where you are now, is the healthcare expensive? Can you walk us through that? Um, and the healthcare is excellent. Mm-hmm. And in fact, it's a kind of a touristy, what do you call it? Medical oh. tourism. There's yes, a lot yes, of that yes, yes, medical yes. tourism. Mm-hmm. Especially for dentistry. Um, people come down from the States all the time really? and wow. for, dental, for dental care. But um, the care is excellent. It's just excellent, but, but it's it varies. <laughs> right, right. You know, there's a there's a lot of difference in the care. So, um, the expat community here, um, uh, we have a, a Yahoo list um, that is you know everybody joins. Well, almost everybody joins, and about ten thousand on it. And we tell each other, and we have Facebook lists. And, you know, groups and things like that where we recommend different, you know, there's, there's, there's the expat doctors. There's, I'm, do excuse that term expat. I know a lot of people don't approve of it, but it just gives you the idea that. Right, right. Yeah. That population. There's doctors for the medical tourism. And then then there's the local doctors for the local people. Um, There, they all can be good, but you may want to um, get the more expensive i guess but it's not expensive i mean if you're used to costs in america um, yeah. so what would you say you know um for an expat uh annual healthcare cost just to give us a sense for our listeners yeah so you have private insurance i'm sh- i yeah, assume no, right no we don't oh you don't no we just pay <laughs> we pay uh, you pay you pay out of pocket <laughs> yeah we pay out of pocket um if because i've got a british citizenship Mm-hmm. Um, if anything really long-term or desperate happened to me where I had to have a long-term treatment, I would just go back to England oh. um, because I'm, I'm English. I mean, sure. I'm, I've got it British citizenship. Um, Luis doesn't have that. He, I mean, we variously think about getting, you can get insurance here. Most people have it. 
We probably should have it. I'll give you an example. I was in Houston for three years and I started having these heart palpitations. Something was wrong. I went off to, and I had insurance because I was working there. They have the most high-tech hospitals in the world in Houston mm-hmm. for heart and cancer and that kind of thing. I went there and I was put through a battery of tests. I mean, horrendous, some of them, heart catheter kind of things that wow. were just hideous. Wow. And they couldn't find anything. Um, you know, I was, I was Good. okay, you know, um, but I was still really tired. I'm really tired all the time. And so then we moved down to Mexico and I was still having this fatigue and, and the palpitations. And so I go into a doctor in the local hospital here, one that's recommended by all the expats. He was trained in the Mayo Clinic. I mean, you get a lot of that here. You know, oh, yeah, wow. that's the other thing Mayo, I was going to Mayo trained. Yeah. yeah, Mayo trained and mm-hmm. all, all kinds of stuff. And he said, huh. He said, something wrong here. He said, are you in a coma? And I said, no, I don't think so. And he said, I'm going to send you to um, my buddy in Coretaro. Um, He's a heart doctor, a heart specialist. I'm, I, ju- I just want to send you over there and, and we'll find out what's wrong with you. And so I walk into this doctor. Um, his name is Dr. Leon. He is wonderful. I walked into him. I'm in there five minutes with him. I said, look, I've had this test and this test and this test, and I, I'm not going through these again. You know, and the, none of them came up with anything and blah, blah, blah. He said, I think I know what's wrong with you. He said, come on, let's go in this, the next room. And he put me on this computer thing, you know, where they hook you up. And, and within five minutes, he had found a congenital defect. There it is. He said, okay, we'll treat this. And I mean, honestly, and since then I've been, you know, I manage it, you know, it is. So that was it? That was was it? I was born with it. Yeah. Oh, he found it. He found it. He found it. And so I needed drugs for it to, to kind of uh, keep it down. He also um, sent me to uh, the number one guy in the world on this. Um, Well, there's an argument between the Mayo Clinic and the guy in England, in London. And I went there. He confirmed everything that the Mexican doctor had done. He said, oh yeah, he's, that's the right drug. Yeah, this is right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm sold. And plus it was very personal. Mm. It's very personal. He sat and listened to me. The, the, the heart hospital in Texas was the most horrendous thing. It was like being in a Kafka um, novel, you know, you know, you'd be sent, nobody wanted to know you, you know, it was like, and, and you were sent down these mysterious holes and then you had things stuck in you. And, you yeah. know, it was like, yeah. and, 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 oh God. And ultimately you walked out oh. with no answers. No answer. Fatigue. Yeah. And nobody yeah. cared. Nobody yeah. cared. Yeah. 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 Anyway. Yeah. Okay. There's that anyway. So medical okay, so, care is great. great. So even out of pocket is affordable. You know, if you need to buy it, you can buy it. It's yeah. not like, obviously, it's not like the United States where you might have to pay for a couple, like anywhere up to $24,000 a year, oh my God, no. which is what we've heard, you know, oh. and um, and ju- just to be safe, you know. Yeah. So, so and you want to do that because of these situations where, yeah. God forbid, you know. Yeah. And a lot of people here are on Medicare or what do you call it that? the retirees get on. Yes. Yeah. 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 They have their Medicare. So, and they down here and they just pay out of pocket for things going wrong. And then if anything, you know, long-term happens or big, a big operation, they go up, they go up back home to the States. So that's what a lot of people do and the Canadians as well. Okay. Mm -hmm. But it sounds like that you guys are equipped 
to have that addressed either way. Yeah. Luis isn't, but I am. <laughs> yeah. And and I think I think I can that, go to England. He's, you know, I think that he's got problems, if anything. <laughs> <laughs> but I think that's psychological too, right? If like we're we're in New York, or we're in Brooklyn, but we're in New York. And the Upper East Side is also known as Bedpan Alley. So <laughs> there is an expert for every little oh thing, yeah, you yeah. know, like the left side of my, the <laughs> middle of my pinky, I will find an expert. Yeah. So okay. I'm, glad we, I'm glad we covered that. So tell us what types of entertainment is there other than, I know you mentioned the arts and, and all that for people who just don't know what, what else is available. Speaking to someone who hasn't been out of her house for oh yeah yeah <laughs> over yeah. a year now oh, okay. pre COVID we're talking about pre COVID all right pre COVID it's hard to think of anything there isn't to do here okay good um, I remember the first weekend of the first couple of weeks we were here and we had settled into our new house and um, my husband had to go away for um, a week a weekend. And leave me here by myself. Oh, no. And I didn't know a soul, you know, yet. And um, so I went and got the local newspaper. I thought, I'm not just going to spend the weekend at home. It's, you know, um, I went and got the local newspaper in English. And I thought, okay, anything free, I'm just going to go to. And I remember I had a plethora of things I could go to. And I picked this Ishaya meditation weekend. Because the the first talk was free, and so I thought I'll just go along and um, mm-hmm. what you know what the heck I like meditating and uh, you know I might meet some people. So I went along to the free um, the free talk on the Friday night. Immediately signed up, and I was you know like gone for the whole weekend. You know, it was like, <laughs> wow. And met people, and the the guy who ran the who was running the workshop became my life coach years later, and, and my my kind of business coach, and he was NLP trained and everything. So, you know, it's just like um, there's a theater, there's always music in the restaurants. You can go to restaurants and have live music there, and uh, I, there's art classes. There's Okay, what do people do for entertainment? I don't know. I mean, we're we're well, kind of I know there's sports, movies. But... Can you see movies in English? Mm-hmm. Yes. Okay, but What's... nobody nobody does that anymore. You're really out of date. Have you heard of <laughs> Have you heard of Netflix? <laughs> <laughs> we still like going to the movies. Actually, we yeah, can't there's wait. movie. There's we movie can't wait. Yeah, here. yeah. No, there's movie theaters here. <laughs> but I'm like, why would you do that? You can't change the channel. We're we're really out of date. We went through a drive-in last year. <laughs> oh, geez. Yeah, well, that's become that's become really popular. I was just gonna say that's especially kind of in COVID. Yeah, yeah. No, yeah. That's trendy, yeah, yeah, and also well, like it's 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 a pretty much like a a, a popular New York Brooklyn thing, you know, where yeah. everything's going back to the to yeah. the was and the fifties, yeah, yeah. So yeah, do you? No, yeah, go. Do you need a car to get around? I mean, or just public? Well, transit? that's an interesting thing because uh, San Miguel is kind of split in that way. Um, a lot of people live in the town, which is not very big. They, you know, the outskirts are getting bigger and bigger all the time. But the town itself, the bit that's the um, UNESCO site and can't be changed, it's walkable. It's about, you know, 20 minutes from one end to the other. And a lot of people who come here like to live in that part of town so that they don't have to have a car and they can walk everywhere. And the taxis are really, really cheap. 
And um, you can just pick up a cab anywhere. It costs you a couple of dollars. You know, it's like, yeah, you know, it's like ridiculous. Um, we live outside of town a little ways, about five minutes, 10 minutes out. And um, it's too far to walk. And we have, we have car, we have two cars. Oh, <laughs> well, oh, that's embarrassing, but no, no. that really is. <laughs> because you guys have different schedules. Yeah. I assume he's traveling, you're traveling. Yeah. We, have we usually uh, end up only using one, but right. Um, right. The, the small one. <laughs> yeah. You, yeah. You need a car if you're living outside of town. Um, and I find a lot of the people who uh, don't have the car, eventually get one and they love it because then they can run around to the little villages yeah. around. Right. Uh, right. right. And, yeah. And go to Corretero, you know, 45. Okay. And what are, the, what are the housing prices like? Housing is just so contextual. It's so relative mm-hmm. compared to Mobile, Alabama. It's probably quite similar, oh, but compared yeah. to New York, it won't be, you sure, know, it'll sure, be a sure. lot cheaper compared to California. It's a lot cheaper right. mm-hmm. um, compared to uh, Santa Fe. I think it's probably about the same. Mm. Okay. Um, so it, it, you can get really cheap housing here. You can rent cheaply. Um, I know of people who live for under a thousand dollars a month here. Oh my <laughs> goodness. Mm, nice. But they don't live very well, but yes, they can yeah. do it. They can do they it. Do it. Um, yeah. So, you know, it used to be when, we, when I first came here, it was like, you need it. You need at least $2,000 to live, you know, kind of come. Mm-hmm. I imagine it's more than that now. Is it more expensive to live in the town than outside? I think so. Yeah. I think, yeah. I mean, like we've got a big spread out here with a big garden and everything mm-hmm. and we couldn't have this in town. So we wanted, we wanted space. Mm-hmm. And we are you wanted- guys, did you buy or are you renting still? No, we bought. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah. And is it a single floor, like a ranch? Uh, no, it's got two floors. Okay. Got two okay. floors. Um, uh, it's bigger than we need. I mean, I'm in the, I'm at the phase in life now where I just want to get rid of stuff. I mean, I'm just so busy throwing everything out. Yeah. It's probably bigger than we need, but we really like it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, when you moved from, uh, England to, Houston. Houston. I mean, because you had lived in England for a couple of decades, you must have had to get rid of tons of stuff, right? Yeah. How did that go? It was great. Okay. (laughs) Didn't miss anything. Not really anything. Nothing. Just my kids. (laughs) Okay. That's nice. So you weren't attached to anything and you didn't have much to. Okay. Okay. You said you, you, you visit your kids. You try to visit your kids. Do they ever come to Mexico to visit? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. But I go to, I make, sh- well, pre-pandemic, right. I, uh, I go to England twice a year and uh, my kids are in London and um, I uh, just go between their houses and stay with them enjoy it. Oh, nice. <laughs> oh, that's nice. Very I nice. want to see you to Mobile and my tribe there. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> now, how far are you or close to you to the airport? San Miguel's good. Um there's one airport in Corretero, which is about an hour away, a little bit over an hour. And there's another one. Leon is another hour and a half away. Mexico City Airport, where the direct flights, most of the direct flights are from, um, to, to Europe anyway, um, is about a three, three and a half hour drive. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, in San Miguel, everything is oriented towards those of us who 
need these kind of services. <laughs> they are, sure, sure. They are not dumb here. I mean, <laughs> yeah, they yeah. know their market. Oh, and there's a great driving um, companies, you know, private drivers, and uh, you just get they just come to your door, pick you up, take you to the airport, drop you off. You know, everything is just it's, it's all paid for online. And oh, god, oh, it's that's so wonderful. easy, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. really, really. So, easy. so when you visit your children. Mm-hmm. Uh, do you drive down to Mexico City to grab that airport? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So that's got to be, and then you just leave your car there. I no. I think oh, oh you driver, take you private take driver. driver. Yeah. Sure. Uh, sure. Yeah. And no they're very reasonable. You know, it's mm-hmm. so reasonable. Mm-hmm. It's like about sixty or seventy dollars to drive there one way. Mm-hmm. Wow, for a three and a half hour drive. I know. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's unbelievable. That is so... private driver. You know, they're so nice. They. Oh wow. You have a little stop on the way, you know, at nice places. They make sure the places are decent places to stop. You know, they look after you. Oh. And I have a question. I know that there's crime everywhere, obviously, but how's the crime in um, San Miguel? That's an interesting question. We haven't experienced anything. I know some people have, but I really don't know that it's any different from anywhere, Mm -hmm. you know, um, if you grew up like I did, I've always lived in cities. My father just taught me to look after myself. He, he just said, no matter where you are, you just look after yourself. Don't do stupid things. Don't walk by yourself at night. You know, don't, you know, if you're getting in your car, you know, you lock the doors, you know, make sure you've got gas, you know, and <laughs> it was like, you know, this kind of thing. Um, I don't go out and get drunk and roll into a taxi at 3 a.m. Yeah. And then, yeah, I don't know. So I don't do any dangerous things. Our neighborhood, we have we have home security. It's never been breached. Um, It sometimes has gone off because of the wind blowing or something. Yeah, we've had that. The the cops are here within, you know, the police are here. They they phone you up immediately within 30 seconds. And um, do you want it? Do you want the police to come out? We see that it's in your meditation room, you know, or it's in your living room. You better watch out. You know, it's like (laughs) all this kind of stuff. I think the cartel, the cartel um, stuff is dangerous. But I mean, I lived in a safe city supposedly in England, which is supposed to be very, very England's so much, you know, like the gun crime is almost zero there. And, mm-hmm. you know, it's a safer place. Um, we were burgled, I think, four times, three of them when we were in the house. Wow. Um, we came down the next morning. I remember my husband's car getting I remember hearing it drive off from the drive <laughs> at 3 a.m. wondering where is Chris going? You know, wow. <laughs> he was like beside me, you know, it was like, um, crime can happen anywhere. Yes. So, yes. Yeah. No, well, you know, it's, it's like when, when, wherever we go on vacation, I'll turn on the television mm-hmm. in the hotel room and, and, and you hear the local news. I, I never listened really to the national because I can listen to that anyway, yeah. or watch rather. But when you turn on the television, do you hear the local news of, oh, there was a gun shooting here or, you know, no, what's, it's got to be different. I watch CNN, ABC. Oh, so, all right. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> you don't know what's going on around yeah. you. I don't. I don't. And I think I'm happier that way. <laughs> yeah. you know? Well, I do. I don't think it's I don't think it's bad here. Not in San Miguel. I think now, 
Mexico is a lot of different places, yes, yes. like no, a hundred different countries. Yeah. So right. you right. can go down the road and be in the da- most dangerous town in Mexico, you know, mm-hmm. according to them. But this sounds very elitist, but they tend to leave foreigners alone. The crime is usually not against foreigners. Huh. And if you stay out of drugs and politics in Mexico, <laughs> you're, you're, you're in good shape. You're probably okay. If you're in drugs and politics or journalism. Mm. You know, <laughs> mm-hmm. exposing the cartels. Mm-hmm. You you may have a problem, but you know, if you mind yeah. your own business, yeah. keep your head yeah. down. Right. Yeah. So so where you live, are you in a quote unquote, I guess, expat community? Or uh, the friends that you've made, are they mostly expats? Or tell us about that. No, the community is mixed. Um, every community here is mixed. They're um they're all mixed. Because even the really upper class areas here are full of um, people from Mexico City, um, rich people from Mexico City. They love San Miguel. It's like, you know, they flood the place on the weekends and and they have houses here. Um, Now, every community is mixed. Now, a lot of um, expats like to go into the really Mexican areas and live because they like the flavor and it's so different Mm -hmm. and all of that. Um, we live in a kind of a mixed one. It's kind of, it's out and it's, but it's not gated, you know, it, mm-hmm. but it's still, it's kind of a nice community. Well, I, most of my friends are they're American. Right. <laughs> no, no, I'm trying to get a sense of like, every, every expat. I'm trying to put myself where that. you Don't are. Feel bad. Yeah. Yeah. I'm trying to put myself I've where you are. I've made better friends it. here than I've made friends quicker here than in my 20 years in England. Interesting. Really? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I love England. Don't get me wrong. I love England. I, you know, uh, I have more friends here than I had in Mobile and in England. And you just, because the expats just, we all just stick together. We just like, it's right. like a tribe. Common, yeah. You have the common bond. Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. So you, that has more to do with living in Mexico than, than the people in England. England is not the easiest place to make friends. I, I didn't find, but it. I loved it. I loved it. And once you do make friends there, you you make really good ones. But I just made really good friends here almost straight away. It's, you know. That's now, nice. one of the things, if you live in this kind of town, and I'm sure Santa Fe is similar, and this is something to watch out for when you're thinking about retiring, is towns like this are very fluid. And yeah. so people, you can make somebody that's your best friend in the universe and they move back to the States. Yeah. <laughs> that happens a lot and you have to just roll with that you have to just roll with it and be okay interesting interesting and your neighbor are you are you near other houses or are they far away they're kind of close but no we don't know them okay. we don't know yeah people just kind of <laughs> well, in this area no it's like no Not you like meet that. people walking your dog so I do know people in the area, but, um, you know, just say hello and that kind of thing. But no, it's not like a tight knit community, but there are, they do exist here. Mm-hmm. It's just not this one. You okay. can find okay. any kind of community you want. And how's the um, outdoor life? Is there a lot of hiking? Do people yes. do that? Yes. A lot of hiking. <laughs> um, is there, are there water sports? Is there a river around? No, not in San Miguel. And that's something to to be aware of mm-hmm. okay. you like water sports this this probably isn't your place okay and how, how are the restaurants is it a diverse amount of restaurants can you get good indian food how, how's that oh indian <laughs> you would pick that oh, <laughs> favorite well, I know, food i know you can get great indian food in england right oh yeah i love indian food no you yeah. don't get good indian food here uh, there are a couple of india restaurants uh so-called 
Indian <laughs> um, that really aren't. But the food here is great. Um, you get all kinds of food and you get vegetarian, you get vegan restaurants, you get oh. Longhorn Texan restaurant, you get um, several Thai restaurants that's a, that are very good. Mm. Lebanese. Yeah. You know, okay. Um, okay. so there is a mix, you know, it's, it's not just, just not Indian, not just Indian. primarily Mexican. And... Can you get sushi and Chinese food? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Good. And, okay. and um, of course, Italian, which you can get mm. anywhere right, anyway, in the yeah. world. Yeah. <laughs> so just not Indian. You pick the one that I think is. <laughs> and, and I imagine there are a lot of coffee shops. Is that right? Absolutely. You, you can meet people for coffee. People do it all the time. You go into town, you just see. It's like European, very European. You know, there's just people in the streets. I mean, it is so alive here. You drive, you know, like when I come back from, when we come back from trips from Europe or someplace like that, and we, we arrive in San Miguel, it's like the place just, it's just full of people wow. You know? wow. all over wow. the streets and sitting in cafes. And, you know, it's like yeah. Yeah. really nice, really nice. Do a lot of people hang out in the Central Square? Yeah. To the big red churches, right? There's a big red. Pink. It's oh, it's red. pink. It's pink. It's yeah. pink. It's beautiful. It's pink, just like yeah, it is. It's beautiful. Yeah. <laughs> well, I'll tell you, you really made it seem really, really bright. And for me, I noticed that as I've been getting older, that I need more sunlight. And I'm yes. watching you and our audience. I wish they could see you. That you are kind of drenched in sunlight, and <laughs> have this you have this you know kind of French door thing with the sun pouring in. Yeah, and I would be so happy. So that's <laughs> one thing that I am really looking forward to. Oh, I know. Would you consider um, San Miguel elder friendly? Oh gosh, yes. <laughs> okay. Oh yes. <laughs> this is this is a retire. In fact, some people say it's too much of a retirement town. You know? Is it really? <laughs> yeah. It's That's a, funny. But it's I like the vibe of it because it's quite sophisticated here. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. It's quite a sophisticated little town. Um, you know, the it, it feels quite European sometimes in its flavor. That I don't think there's anywhere else like here in Mexico. Hmm. I've been to, we've been to other places. They're not quite the same as San Miguel. Um, in fact, we've looked all over the world for places to live and we've never found anywhere we liked better than here. Wow. Oh, that's so it's good. Just got a, it's got a kind of an intellectual artsy. Oh, the art college here. This was founded by um, the thing that kind of got it going back after the second world war was um, they founded an art college. And so it started attracting artists and um, so there's a the big art community here, and that gives a flavor to a place. Yeah. Even if you yeah. don't, oh, yeah. even if you don't do art yourself, yeah. mm -hmm. you mm -hmm. know, people have compared it to Manhattan. You know, I've had people here who, um, some of my clients here who, oh, and the other thing is, I could work here straight away. Wow. You know, I wanted I wanted to be able to work, so I needed a large largest expat community, mm. um, English speaking community, you know, to do my coaching and my hypnotherapy. And that was really nice. There's a lot of people here who a lot of people from the states who do all kinds of therapies and mm -hmm, mm -hmm. all kinds of stuff. These days are most are most of your clients um online or are they in person? Pre-COVID, uh it was a mix. I mean, now it's mostly online. Sure, I do sure. have a few clients come. We we sit outside on my veranda because almost all year the weather nice. is good enough for that. Yeah. yeah. Um, but uh, I don't do hypnotherapy um, anymore. 
Sorry. Does it say I do? Because uh, no, no, no. But I was wondering why can't you do it to me online? <laughs> I've never found it to work online. Um. <laughs> well, if it's not going to work for me in person, because I had yeah. uh, my my therapist uh, said it was very difficult. I was a very difficult patient. Oh, that's oh, shocking. I can imagine. Yeah. I, I'm, imagine online. I would just like. But, Wander I much up. prefer life coaching to hypnotherapy. Hypnotherapy is a great, is easy to sell. Mm, mm. You know, it's really easy because people kind of have an idea that kind of, it's got a mystique to it and they think um, they're going to have something done to them, you know, that right. they don't have to do. And, <laughs> right, you know. right, right. Um, so it's an easy sell. But I realized I needed to change when um, I had a smoker sitting opposite me and um I, you know, I asked, the, I was asking the usual questions. How much do you smoke a day? He said, uh, probably two, two or three packs. Ooh. And I can remember thinking, so what? <laughs> I, I don't, I don't care. <laughs> <laughs> I hope your client not is not going to listen. That to is this. So I didn't funny. say that. I didn't say it, but I thought, I don't care. <laughs> That's what you thought. I need to change. Yeah. I need to, yeah. you know, I need to yeah. do something different. That's so interesting. I got more into the life coaching thing. And I now specialize in helping people find places they want to live. Um, uh, you know, helping them with their criteria because your yeah. criteria is so important. Mm -hmm. You know, do you um, do you want a lot of people speaking? I mean, some people come to Mexico and they do not want to see an American, another one. You know, mm -hmm. they want to go places <laughs> where it's only Mexicans and Americans can just get lost. They don't want that. And, you know, there are places that are great for that. And, but, you know, and then there's people like me that say, oh, mm, I don't know about my Spanish, ah, you know, mm -hmm. uh, let's have a big community. Um, and you get the amenities when you have a big American community. They start bringing them in. A lot of people don't like that. They mm -hmm. want to go and have the real Mexican cultural experience or whatever, you know. So um, there's a lot of criteria. It's good to kind of go over, you know, what's Absolutely. the vibe of the place? Do you want an right. intellectual? Do you want it to be a, a drinking place? You know, sports, yep. fishing, you know, right, right, those right. cabos go, you know? Like, yes, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. No, I think it's so key because you don't want to just uproot yourself and all of a sudden say, uh oh, yeah. then you'll be really depressed. You know? Yeah. Yeah. So, Okay. You want to be able to make friends, you know, yeah. well, maybe. Right, right, <laughs> right, right. Maybe not. <laughs> but you've been there for 14 years. You must love yeah. it there. I do. I do. Yeah. Okay. Um, I, I'm also a Europhile. I could quite happily live in Europe. Mm -hmm. But the weather's nicer here. So. Yeah. Right, right. And we got everything else here. So as long as I can fly, you know, the pandemic has been, um, you know, a little bit testy from that standpoint, because before I could easily fly, get direct flights to London, and I'm just right with my kids, you know. You know, I just get to Mexico City, get on the flight, I'm there, you know. Not being able to go there has been, has been I'm going in June. So, oh, oh, great. Yeah. Okay. Well, on that note, what um, advice would you have for future retirees who wish to move uh, abroad? I know you have a whole book on this, but... <laughs> <laughs> but any any tidbits that like Jean and I could could implement now? What sort of lifestyle do you want to live? Do you still want to work or do you want to just be on the beach? I mean, the beach lifestyle, a lot of people go to beaches, you know, like in Spain and Cancun and places like that, retire places like that. 
is that the kind of lifestyle you want? I would shoot me first before I would, you know, go and live on a beach. Mm-hmm. It's just not me at all. I don't like the sun. I'm too pale. You know, um, I mean, I don't like direct sun. Um, I like sitting in the shade. But okay, so what sort of lifestyle do you want? Do you want what, I, you know, what I remember thinking, I want some place where there's plenty to do. Right. Even though I don't do much of it now. You know, <laughs> right. But you know it's years. there. You know it's there. I know it's there. And the sort of people who are attracted to a place, I, I thought, what kind of people are going to be attracted, you know, to where, what kind of people do you want to be around? Mm-hmm. And are they going to, what sort of place are they going to want to live? Right. Um, like, I think I could live in Santa Fe, you know, for that mm-hmm. reason. Mm-hmm. I was very happy in London, just outside London, for the same reason. Mm-hmm. Um, I could probably live in Portugal. Mm-hmm. You know, I liked, I liked Portugal a lot. But, you know, sort of, so what is it you want to spend your time doing? Mm-hmm. You've got to think about that. What are you going to do from day to day? Because you can get bored very easily in retirement. Yes. And, you know, I call it the retirement blues. You know, you've spent all this time getting ready and preparing for your retirement when you're not going to have to work anymore and you're going to go and lie on the beach and drink cocktails. And boy, does that get boring. God, you know, when you haven't got something meaningful to do. Right. So I don't plan to ever retire until I physically have to. And I call it being semi-retired. Right. Because semi-retired just has that yeah, you're that's, in control. Yeah, you're in right. control. Right. You're no longer doing it totally for the money because you probably got enough to. Mm-hmm. If you can semi-retire, you've got enough to live on. Mm-hmm. But you still want to work. You still want to be in the game. Oh, you don't want to hang up your spurs, right? <laughs> <Just yet. laughs> and so, there's a little Texas talk right there. <laughs> yeah. Did I? Okay, don't Texas? look at me. Don't look at oh me. Oh my God! Me. Don't say that. <laughs> no, you actually sound a cross between a southerner. And and a and a Brit. It's very interesting. Okay. Well, that's it's very reason. interesting. There's yeah, reason. there's a reason for that. Yeah, it's a very good one. Yeah, you are so insightful. <laughs> no, at least, they did, at least you they, have. I did, they did try to beat the Alabama accent out of me in college, but I guess they didn't do it. Is that right? Job no. Right. no. <laughs> Give us Chris, some of that. Wait, your college is in. It was it, it was in Georgia. Georgia. Uh, yeah, that's <laughs> a famous liberal arts college, right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, thank you. I don't know if I answered your question. What have you got to go on? Well, you gave us a flavor and it was enough to take us there. A very good flavor. A very good flavor. And and how are you going to spend your time? That's what I would really get you to. How are you going to do it? Where do you want to be? What do you want to be doing? How are you going to be spending your day? Right. Um, And what kind of ambiance do you want? What kind of people do you want around you? Because what I have seen so often, and this is getting into politics, but and I won't, I won't stress what politics. People, <laughs> people um, want to. They end up they're happier if they're around people who are politically complementary. Let's say, yeah. Um, and people end up having problems if they get to you know, and they'll say, "Oh, it's a whole bunch of that kind of person," mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. um, and we couldn't stand it. And you know, so that's something to think about as well. The politics is important if you've got any kind of opinion at all. Right. Right. Your, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. 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 Great. This was fun. Oh, oh, thank you so, so much. Fun. You were so wonderful. Fun. Thank you. Yeah. Cool. Thank you. Thank, thank you, Margaret. You. I enjoyed it. I okay. Enjoyed it. Okay. Bye-bye. Bye. 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 Be well. We hope you've enjoyed this episode. 
If you know someone who's relocated for retirement and wishes to share their story with us, please reach out to us. We'd love to hear from you. Our email address is gg at retirethere.com. Our website is retirethere.com, and you may follow us on Twitter at retirethere underscore. Now, if you've liked our show, please subscribe and rate it in Apple Podcasts. In the meantime, be well. Be well.